This is May, and you are listening to the podcast series where we explore the WCC theme for 2022, Unified Consciousness. We ask people from all over the world what Unified Consciousness means to them. What does Unified Consciousness mean to you? I think it's... um... It's that sense of being connected to something much greater than ourselves, that our individual consciousness resides within um, a bigger consciousness, um, and that consciousness envelops us all. I think that's what I... And ultimately, it's our home. It's the place where we come home to. I think it's interesting when Jesus... um, talks about, says all his I am statements, he says inana in Aramaic, which means I in I. And, and that sense is lost when it was translated into English and Greek and Latin. But in Aramaic, it was very clear when Jesus said I am, he was saying my little I resides within a much greater I. And that's what I think is the unified consciousness that we all live within. Um, what, so how do you think unified consciousness occurs in your life? How do you try to live it? I think it's an interesting point. I think obviously meditation is a way of discovering these kind of new depths in our being. I think until I came across meditation, I had no idea that they existed. So I think it's meditation opens up the possibility but I think your question's a good one then is how do you live hopefully in in one sense it will affect you just having the experience but I think it has to be a little bit more conscious and active than that um, and I think it is a question of seeing how we can so easily drift back into being very ego driven and and isolated in, in how we approach life. And if we can get that um, capacity to see that when it occurs, um, and we don't, obviously a lot of the time we don't see it, but when we do see it, it gives us that moment of being able to pause and, and not continue in that direction. Um, can you give, can you talk about a moment where you... Yeah, like I, I think... Felt it? I think a really obvious one for me is, and I think every married couple discovers this, that that when you live with someone, they will always inevitably press your buttons and cause you to react in certain ways. So once I become aware of that, instead of reacting, I kind of try to catch myself and see. I don't always succeed by any means, but I think meditation helps us catch a glimpse of that and not go with it, you know, not be run by our reactivity, but to just open up another possibility of just letting it go. And I think little bit by little bit, what starts to emerge out of that is love. Um, so I, I think marriage is the ideal, or any relationship is the ideal playground for discovering unified consciousness, because the other person's always, in a way, tempting you to go back into um, egoic consciousness. So are you saying it's almost like a crucible, you know, kind of like you're kind of 
burnt mm. in the fire of relationship mm. or burnished, maybe. Yeah. And I think bit of, little bit by little bit that then expands out. It starts affecting all relationships. But I think there's a particular intensity um, to marriage that really gives you the kind of battlefield for really working on yourself. And once that starts to occur, then sometimes the same reactivity will arise with other people, but you've been well prepared for it. So I kind of think, for me anyhow, that's that's the process, yeah. It kind of reminds me of um, monastic living as a kind mm. of similar process mm. um, for those yeah. who aren't in a relationship. Because I stayed in the Tasio house in London for a few months, which is, you know, kind of... Uh, the lay monasticism, a form of lay monasticism, and um, it definitely was was that kind of crucible um, yeah. through relationship as a way yeah. of um, being close to something mm. bigger than ourselves. Mm. Mm. It's true, yeah. I think the other thing <clears throat> that affects in practical terms, then once you discover our possibility of living within unified consciousness, I think that sense of having to grab uh, material pleasures and so forth to yourself becomes much less and you can let go. Um, I think up until you're just more, in my case, I can only speak for myself, up until discovering that I wanted um, things from the outside to fill a gap um, in my life to make my life more pleasurable or, you know, whatever. And I think once you touch this possibility, you don't need to, to do that so much. And I think it starts then extending on how you live your life that in a way people would describe it as more altruistic. You start doing things for other people because you recognise actually the greater happiness lies there than in pulling pleasures to yourself. Um, so I think that's the practical outworking is that. And how do you... Um how fundamental do you think meditation is for, for your own experience of unified consciousness? It's very fundamental to me. I, I could find it hard to imagine getting there in any other way. Maybe there is other ways, but I, I, I think the fact of having a discipline of returning to a day after day um, rather than just waiting for kind of the good luck of discovering I can't, you, you are connected with unified consciousness is really important um, for me anyhow. And I, um, I think, I mean, I've, I've always been inter interested in all religious traditions and meditation seems to me to be fundamental to them all at their deepest levels. So um, I think traditions point us to the fact that meditation is the way. I think, um, any final thoughts? Um, about unified consciousness? I think one of the, the great things that we've discovered in recent years is we've become very involved with Australian Indigenous people. We, we, um, we visit communities in the Northern Territory and we've just actually, as of this week, have become owners of a, of a centre in the middle of Australia in Alice Springs where Indigenous and white people come together. But I feel that with Indigenous people, they just seem to have a natural... Um, access to unified consciousness. So, as you said before, how fundamental is meditation? Well, they they don't 
um, practice meditation in the way that we do, but they have a way of being at one with the spirit. Up in the Northern Territory, they call it the Didi, which means a kind of way of deep listening to nature. And um, and this is their practice, is that they become... Our teacher up there, Miriam Rose Ungamir, says from her earliest days when she'd walk along with her father and, for example, a big rainstorm would happen, he'd touch her on the head and say, Dididi, which means be present to this. Now, this is wonderful. There's a wondrous quality. Don't be frightened. Don't just um, get scared. Just be aware that we're in the midst of something wonderful. And, and and this is something that she said was inculcated to her. She's now probably about my age. She's about 70 and it's been with her. And you can feel it when you're with her that she has this great depth of being. Um, so I think our Indigenous um, people all around the world probably had the same offering to make to us. So um, we're really hoping to explore this much more deeply over the years ahead, but particularly with the centre we've now just um, taken over in Alice Springs, so, yeah. Oh, that, that sounds amazing. Yeah, and look forward to hearing more about the centre yeah. in due course. Yeah. Maybe you'll come there one day. <laughs> yes, that would be that would be fantastic. Yeah. Thank, thank you, Paul. 